Your DWSA podcasts are brought to you by First Nations Fiber. This is The Beading Table, and we are your hosts, Degonohiakwa Standup, and myself, Leith Makewa, two career bead workers and business owners who want to share our experiences and trials in beading. Today is our launch of our first podcast, and we will be talking about the who's who behind the mic, some inspiration, and the current projects that we are working on. Hope you have a listen. First Nations Wireless is now First Nations Fiber. Connection is so important, and FN Fiber gets you connected. Whether you're streaming the biggest new movie while the kids are gaming upstairs or stuck in that meeting, you won't have to worry about your connection. Come into Ghanawaga soon. Visit radio.fnfiber.com to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Beating Table with Leith Makiwa and... And this is our inaugural podcast uh, focusing on beadwork, beadwork chit-chat tips, um, hot topics, and just some of the talk that normally happens around a uh, beading table. So we're here today. We have all kinds of different things uh, to kind of bring up. We want to try to focus on a few things at a time. We don't want to focus on everything in one podcast. So, Degoro I wanted to just maybe um, give the listeners a little bit of information about ourselves, maybe um, where we're actually recording from, some of the things that uh, we've done in the past as bead workers, and, you know, just some little personal tidbits that they might find interesting. So, did you want to start? Sure. So, uh, my name is Degoro Margaret Standup. Um, we are based right now in Gahanawage. That's where we're recording at uh, was at. I am the store owner of the shop. It's called Traditions. I am a mother of two um, and I'm an artist slash bead worker. So I've been doing that for, for some time now, professionally, maybe about 10 years. Projects, current projects right now. I am actually just finishing up a few different things. Periodically, I do raffles and things like that. So with the Christmas rush, some of them got put on the back burner. So right now I have to uh, honor them and finish them up. So I finished one last night. It feels amazing to finish a project. <laughs> yeah, so I have one more that I have to uh, finish up and then I have to move into grad orders. That's always, uh, you know, a big, a big project. So this year I kind of tried to reduce the amount that I'm taking on. So I have three actually, which is still a lot, but one is only moccasins. There's another two orders that are full sets one just to clarify we're talking about raised beadwork because yes. i said we we're going to introduce ourselves and you jumped right into our first topic oh no i sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's kind oh, of how it is yeah. but you know and uh, i'm leith makiwa i am also sitting here in ganawage um i am not originally from ganawage i'm from oneida first nation of the thames in ontario but i've lived here in ganawage basically my entire life um, I've been doing beadwork, raised beadwork for about maybe almost 20 years now, I guess, but professionally maybe 15 to 13 years. A juicy tidbit of mine is that when I finish a project, I have to get it out of my possession. I have to immediately, if possible, give it to the person who it belongs to. I don't like to have any of that S-H-I-D, <laughs> around my house because it just like weighs me down. It doesn't get me ready for the next project. Which is something I want to talk about before we get into the tidbits and tips about all kinds of beadwork and all that kind of stuff is, can you just share maybe a little bit about um, some of the projects that you finished in the past year or maybe the end of 2021 since we're now in 2022? Happy New Year's, everybody. <laughs> some of my projects. So I haven't really had, I don't normally take on Christmas orders just because that time of the year is pretty crazy at the store. So I don't 
usually have that extra time. I kind of had an, a past order that um, needed to be filled. So I did part of that to try to be like a, a Christmas order. So I had, it was a yoke. So that I had to work on that and just try to get that finished. Oh, I did have a little thing with uh, my family. Years ago, there was um, like the trilobe uh, whimsies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so Anyways, there's a big long story to that, but um, I had some that were from my great grandmother, so that were never completed. So I decided to, there was a bunch of them. So I, I messaged a lot of my cousins uh-huh. um, and asked if they all wanted to, you know, whoever was available to make make one with me and whatever. So we did that. That was a, a little project. It was do you just have a, a lot of bead workers in your family? Yeah, now I do. There's about six to seven of us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, from my maternal line, like on that side. But yeah, yeah, there's uh, more and more like uh, different generations of us are all uh, picking it up and doing it more now. So yeah, it's uh, pretty good. So how many did you like distribute and did you get any back or like what did you do? Yeah, so I don't remember offhand. I think it was like eight, seven or eight of us who uh, completed them. Uh, Some couldn't do it for Christmas, like, you know, just things are busy at that time. So, Um, but I do have a few that we actually have to distribute now and stuff like that, but um, they're still at the shop. But <laughs> yeah. So I think there was about six of us maybe that completed it out of the eight or whatever, seven or eight. Yeah, I posted it. It was all on my uh, Facebook, like the final projects that uh, everyone completed. So they were really nice. It was really nice to see different takes on it. And it's all the same shape. It's mm-hmm. all, they were all different colors, different velveteens and things like that. And everyone just did their own thing. There wasn't a set pattern or anything. It was just do whatever. So I think that's the most interesting thing. But like, like you teach classes. I Thankfully, don't. I'm just not into that right now. Um, but I think that's the most interesting thing is that when you have a class and it's like, um, depending on what it is you're making, you usually have like a set pattern, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then what comes out of that, even though it's a set pattern, everyone has the same size, typically, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different take on like the color combinations and different things of that nature. And I think when you look back at older beadwork, which would be maybe constitute the trilobe that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're you're beating it now, not now, so it's not old, but it comes from an older pattern. But you see, as across the Confederacy, because everybody, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people did mimic the same kind of patterns, not necessarily the same kind of beadwork, but you see like the distinction. And even though it's the same pattern, it's completely different. And the colors are completely different mm-hmm. and the style. And I think that's really what sets an artist apart from another artist. I actually did uh, last year, I did a project or it was two years ago uh, where I did offer a class. It was a purse, but the whole conditions of of the class were that everyone was getting the same beads, the same fabric and same velveteen. So all, everyone got the same colors. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were completed, though, they all looked completely different because mm-hmm. of the way every the, the color, like the way that they set up the beads, even mm-hmm. though everyone had the exact same colors. So it was really interesting to see like the different takes on it, even though, yeah, everyone started with the same stuff. So it was pretty cool. Hmm. Interesting. Did you have that on your Instagram or is that through the store? That was through the store. I don't remember if I posted the pictures though Mm -hmm. of uh, the completed projects because I don't think everybody completed it all at the same time. Um, Some needed more time and things like that. So uh, I think there was maybe two or three that got posted, but you can still see the differences. So maybe we should kind of jump into a little bit about our podcast and what our listeners can expect from what we're doing. 
I guess our podcast really just organically grew out of um, us talking at the shop or just, or even not even talking to each other, but kind of like taking stock in how we chit chat and communicate with other people when we're beating. Cause there's so much conversation and I'll be honest, it's not necessarily have, has anything to do with B work. And <laughs> sometimes it's gossipy. Sometimes it's like, you know, like sharing what it is, like it's going on in your family and different things like that. But for us, I think we were at the shop and we just were talking about some really good juicy stuff. And I, <laughs> and I said like, you know, like we should have a podcast and it'd be so fun and so cool. But I'm one of those, like, I have lots of great ideas, but I'm not a follow through kind of gal. So whatever, you know, and organically it happened with your D was in and we're here today. And we had our, um, our first like podcast experience with Abby uh, a few weeks back, which we can probably post on our new Instagram page called the beating table. Ooh. So we're going to do that. We're going to put a link there. It's just like a podcast where we're going to maybe talk about some of the hot topics. And when I mean hot topics, I'm mean like the nitty gritty of like, the beating world. The beating world. And one of the hottest topic that we got through our Instagram like question was like copying people and like copying somebody versus finding inspiration and how do you deal with it and different things like that. And I think a lot of people want to know just because it's it's something that's out there. You know, people get inspired, let's say get inspired, quote unquote, by other people. And sometimes you see a blatant replica a replica of what it is somebody's made so that's a hot topic another hot topic not because it's so juicy and like ooh scandalous but um is pricing people want to know like how do you price something and that's really subjective depending on what it is you're making how big it is and different things like that so we're going to try to get into topics like that we're also going to try to get into topics that like tips and tricks of beading maybe some of the things that we use in terms of supplies some of the patterns like how you would manipulate a pattern to make it bigger or smaller or something like that we're by no means the experts in this area we do have life experience in terms of the beating and different things like that but it's all subjective again it's all whatever it is that you can bring to it and um, like I said we're not the experts in this area we are just able to have this platform and we're just giving from our experience so I think that's that's what I think anyway this podcast is what do you think this podcast would be <laughs> How many swear words would Margaret say in a podcast oh, is what I want to know. <laughs> I'm going to try to do zero, but I can't, you know, you know. So um, that's a little disclaimer that we were joking about is that, you know, we we don't want to turn any of our listeners off. So we are going to try to keep it clean. But <laughs> but when we get together, the F-bombs are flying. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes we get really passionate about what we talk about. So you know what, if it slips out, we are very sorry and we will apologize. <laughs> we're not trying to be malicious or try to be yeah. like crass <laughs> or anything. But you know, it is possible that something might come out. And it happens sometimes. Yeah. So, but for for me, I think um, the whole <laughs> I am really new to this whole podcasting. So, this was pretty much all on you. You, this was your, uh, <laughs> and I was along for the ride. So, and you know, we like to talk. We like we have all kinds of different topics that we always bring up and things like that. So, for me, I was just you know I love talking about these things. I love hearing different ideas and views on all these topics because it's really interesting sometimes you have to question your own views and see like okay like how i feel am, is this a personal thing am i just you know overreacting and so what are other people's views to help you kind of like tame your own demons you know sometimes <laughs> like so i really like to um you know get down to the nitty-gritty and and ask those sometimes they're hard questions to ask because you're gonna get mixed reactions from people so 
I like to hear it though, you know, as uncomfortable sometimes as it is when people don't always agree with you or it's, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So for us, for me, that's kind of um, why I was excited to do this because then we get to, hopefully we'll have guests uh, oh, come yeah, into the sure. studio. Yeah, we, I would like to continue posting, uh, you know, questions here and there as they arise on our Instagram and see what people have to say. And it's nice that we're getting, you know, questions across the whole Confederacy. It's not even just within Gahnawage. So it was nice to see a lot of the questions that came out and things that I've never thought about, you know, um, like people, there was one just like the history of beating and things like that. Like, like you said, we're not experts. Like I don't have all the answers to some of those things. I have maybe my opinion on some of them, but if, uh, you know, other people have more info, that's, you know, always welcome. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just, I really enjoy this opportunity to just talk about things. And it's, it's things that everybody talks about when you're at a beating table, you know, it's all these things. Or talks that, in the DMs of another beating artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, we all, you know, that always happens. Things circulate. And sometimes, sometimes they're very, they are tough topics to have to handle. It's important to bring them to light, no matter how uncomfortable they are, because how do things change if they're not addressed? You know, and for me, I, I like to try to keep things as um, peaceful and calmly as possible. So I don't ever want to make anybody feel like right or wrong here. That's mm -hmm. It's just discussions. It's open discussions yeah. about different things. So, yeah, I think listeners can really well, hopefully appreciate that there'll be lots of truth at the beating table. We're not inflating our own egos by sitting here and doing a podcast. Yeah, I think that's one of the things too. like by putting our or I should say for me, for me putting myself out here on a podcast and I'm like, oh my God, look at me. Like I'm doing those. That's not what it is. Like, you know, it's just like a fun thing to do. Cause like, why not? Everyone and their mother has a podcast and I just love <laughs> listening to podcasts. And it's just like a good way. And especially during the times, like it's a good way to interact with one another. It's a good way to pass the time when you're beating is to listen to a podcast or watch a show or listen to music. Like that's what I do. Maybe that's the first question I'll ask you is when you're at home by yourself, what is it that you be to music, movies, podcasts, Audiobooks for me. Um, I normally I'm a Netflixer. I you know <laughs> I, I do all that, so I have to kind of watch, I guess, in quotations because I don't really watch. I listen, so I am like one of those who I can watch a series, but then I'll just keep watching it like over and, and over. over because I know what's going on, so I can just listen. It's harder to, uh, for me, it's harder to bead to a new series because then I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And like, what did I miss? Because I'm beating. I can't always pay attention like and watch. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I usually watch things and, or listen to them or whatever, but I like more of a, the movies or series and things like that. So. so what is the last thing you watched while beating? Well, I just restarted <laughs> <laughs> that Sweet Magnolias. Okay, no, never watched that one. It's it's really, it's nice. It's like a, but it, the only thing is, I wish I would have known or checked it out. It's like a one series show, which oh, I'm not into. A, like, like, I need a long. Like, I like long. a Grey's Anatomy. Yes, like where it's a, a million shows and it's like, it'll get you through a year. Like or a big project, I like <laughs> yeah. to watch Grey's Anatomy. And I think I've watched it like maybe six or seven times. Yeah, same. Oh, I should so. say listen to it six or seven times. It's yeah. just like background noise, right? So. Yeah, so some of my favorites like that are Grey's Anatomy. I like. Jane the Virgin. I'm I think like, we have very different. Yes. <laughs> I'm like soapy, uh, romantic comedy type of deal, whatever. 
this is a little bit out of my box, but I really enjoyed it was uh, Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. I'm not usually into like that whole kind of thing, but I just finished that yesterday. So and what about you? I know that you do different, like you're all over with your stuff. Yeah, so. I'm all over, my, all over the place. <laughs> For me, I mean, my go to right now, I create it's so crazy is The Last Dance. <laughs> Michael ja- my, that Michael Jordan one mm-hmm. that's one of my I've been watching that like nonstop, and I, I think it's really because I've added running running to my life like I like to be but I'm also trying this running thing but I think it's because like it's it's inspiring it's inspiring period like that's what it what mm-hmm. I think so um I've been watching that over a little bit oh, every once in a while when I kind of get in a funk I, I watch it um I also watch on HBO the shop and it's basically people in a room the barbershop, mm-hmm. chit-chatting about different things. And that's, I find is very inspiring too. And I can see a lot of similarity when they're talking about like, there's different rappers that come on and different things. Mm-hmm. And they talk a lot about like being inspired by somebody versus like copying and different, and, and different things like that. I think because like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, it's not like a competitive thing, but it's your own creative mm-hmm. like it's thing. It's like an is, art form. Yeah. It's an art form. So I think that's pretty, pretty good. And I, I, I'm a Grey's Anatomy kind of gal, but yeah. I'm also like, serial killers and that kind of stuff, which I know is completely <laughs> out of your genre. And it's just something I, I like to watch. And I think now though, because I know I'm a seasoned beater, but because I'm more seasoned now, I can really focus and watch at the same time and not have to like compromise on anything. Mm-hmm. So, but I also like to listen to music. I have a, like a beating playlist and different things like that. Interesting. Very interesting. I know you can't watch those kind of shows. It'll be like, no, afraid. I can't. I'll have like a panic attack while I'm <laughs> Okay, I have a question for you. So here's a big question. All right. So we were talking earlier about like getting inspired and different things like that. What brings you inspiration? So wait, before I even get into that one, because this is how I talk. I'm like on one thing and then I go to another (laughs) tangent. Okay, you recently posted a raffle that you did that was monochromatic red. Mm -hmm. Now, normally you do not bead in that style, monochromatic. Mm What inspired you to do that? And why red? It always varies where I get my inspiration. Like, um, it sounds so, I don't know, hokey pokey a bit. but Cliche. Yeah, but sometimes it's really about the feeling of what's going on at the time. Uh, sometimes it could be something as simple as I see material that I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I love the colors. I love the whatever. And then sometimes it could be um something personal something that's going on it's an outlet it's an emotional outlet and i just kind of feel out the colors almost mm-hmm. if that makes sense you know like if i'm having like, like pulling different ones you mean or more like they go along with my emotions at the time oh, okay you know um like blues if you're bluesy it kind of yeah oh, really yeah okay. it's kind of like almost like the art therapy type oh, okay technique you know where they say like okay well if you're upset you know what color would show that you're upset that kind of thing yeah. so it, it is similar like that it's almost like a therapy type of thing so uh it always varies and always depends that red one particularly i really like seeing beadwork that's one color or like shades of one color I don't always know how to do it in the sense that or I do, but I don't always feel like I know how, I guess. So I had seen I had seen fabric for that one. So I just love the contrast of the white and the red Uh and like the deep colors of it. So, yeah, so that's kind of where that one came from. But there was a really interesting thing that came up. I don't know if. uh, Yeah, I guess I'll bring it up. So (laughs) it's a little controversial, I guess, like in different places. There was a comment on it how somebody had thought that 
the colors were so beautiful. But in different parts of the Confederacy, that is not it, it's not considered okay to do it all in red like that. Um, well, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. This is based I mean, off of interesting, the... That's interesting. Yeah. I never heard that, but yeah. Yeah, it was based off of the comment more. So yeah. I don't really know too much about it because uh -huh. it's. I don't think it's the, an issue here. I'm not sure anyways, uh -huh. but um, I thought it was interesting. So yeah, so we just kind of like had a little bit back and forth on it. And it was just kind of like what, you know, she had described as like kind of, I don't know if it's just too flashy or if it's too like it has too much of a... I guess I want to say like a sexualized content, like because of the red. Really? I, yeah, I, I don't know. Interesting. It's yeah. like, I mean, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not totally sure really, because, like I said, because yeah, I yeah. don't really know. It's not something here, but um, yeah. Well, so Like that kind of runs in the same kind of like line as before. And I don't know now, and I don't prescribe to this notion that it's not okay, but some people do, and that's people's prerogative, right? To do it, it is. But like pe putting babies in black. Yeah. Like yeah. before, like. But now, like, there's shirts. And before, you probably couldn't find a lot of things that were in the color black. But now there is a lot mm -hmm. more things you can find. But I remember in the beginning, they would say, well, don't put any, like, beadwork on, on a baby's moccasin or something that's like that. Black, like, that yeah. was black. So, I mean, maybe that's kind of runs in the same thing. Like, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I yeah, mean, me neither. I don't really know. So, I just, I, I really thought that was interesting. The, that is interesting. Like, when she if anybody knows any more about color association with... And, with like what should and shouldn't be done. It'd be interesting conversation to yeah, just like. Yeah, just to learn more to learn and to hear more, yeah. like the different perspective. It was almost kind of like it was like scandalous a little bit. So like, when you said that about the red, I almost thought like the scarlet letter. Yeah, like kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And yeah, exactly. You know, like hearing more on that would be interesting to, yeah. to kind of know where that sits and where it stands with different people. So anyways, I you know, I made that though. So <laughs> there's uh, I just finished those ones up. So yeah, I know I really like it. Really, is, it looks sharp. Thanks. It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. But then I also like the fabric inside, the white and the red fabric. If anybody's interested, you can actually see these moccasins on TS Beading. Yeah, on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. yeah, I usually have it on my Facebook, but my um. Well, my Facebook is like everything. So that's like my my whole life. But my uh, my Instagram is just the TS beading is just my beading. So and maybe we'll even post it on the beading table just to give like reference so that people can see it. Just to be easier. To yeah. Check it out and stuff like that. Yeah. OK, so you know what? Let's jump into current projects. So oh. what are your current projects? My current projects. Are you talking about procrastinating projects? <laughs> Those are projects I use. Because I'm trying to procrastinate on the real projects or real projects. Actually, well, my... Let's hear them all. <laughs> okay, so my current project, I have two current projects. Uh, one is actually started and one is just in the little seed planting stage in my mind. Um, so the first project is I have a grad order. Um, it's a young woman who is graduating from grade six and she would like a yoke and cuffs and moccasins. So I'm doing that and um, everything is almost done in terms of the prep part except for the yoke because i have to do a measure like I, a lot of my things i do are custom order so everything i make is always made specifically for that person so i have to remake most of my patterns so that's uh, it's a little bit challenging but it is what it is you know whatever then my second order is also a grad order for one of my cousins who is graduating with her bachelor of education so i'm making her pair of moccasins which is really good because i'm glad i'm only have these like two small orders. I mean, what people would probably consider a grad order a big order, but for a younger person, mm -hmm. in terms of the size and the magnitude of the what you need to bead, it's a lot less than an adult, just because you don't want to be so heavy and 
like mm-hmm. overpower the young features of a young person. So I don't mind that. But um, what I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but for my two current orders and the order that I, not the order, but the project I just finished, which was a, a pair of moccasins for my daughter, all three wanted light blue fabric. <laughs> so then the two current ones that I have now, it's the exact same fabric they want. Their color scheme, thankfully, is different because I don't know if I could do like two of the same in the same tones just mm-hmm. because sometimes you don't want to like mimic the same. Like you got to, yeah. it has to be a little bit different, but thankfully there are different. So, but I didn't know that when I first, when the first person picked their fabric and the second person, I didn't even know that they were going to pick the same thing and they did. So it's it's kind of interesting that. So I don't know if that's an onward trend, like in terms of fashion, that light blue is coming out. Maybe it is. I don't know. But so that's what I noticed for my two current projects. And then I have, I have two projects that um, I have to finish. One is um, I do a, um, a, a beadwork exchange with one of my bead groups. Unfortunately, due to COVID and all that kind of stuff, we haven't been able to get together. But every year we make an ornament and we exchange the ornament. So I have an ornament that I have to do, which I started, I think, two days ago or something. So. Mm-hmm. It was all ready as soon as I got the ornaments. Everything's designed. So I just have to bead that. And then I have a piece, like a panel piece I did with 24 karat gold that I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm going to do with it. So that's my my current projects. Do you have any? <laughs> How about you? Do you have any current projects? Um, a Current, yes. So yesterday I finished that red piece. Yeah. The, moccasins. the red moccasins. Yes, that was for a past raffle. I have one more past raffle that has to get uh, complete it now. Um, things were obviously crazy with uh, Christmas in the store and yeah. all that jazz. So things got kind of put beside. So right now I'm just looking at trying to finish those up. I have a past order that was kind of just put on the side. It was like do a little bit at a time. Uh, in the beginning, it had um, a timeline and then we kind of stretched the timeline. Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting when that happens. So if I have a timeline, I feel like it has to get done, obviously, because you're, you're well, yeah, you have a deadline. Yeah, you have a deadline. So, but when those gates open up, sometimes that's not always the best thing. Even for you. though, yeah, for me, even though you get more time, I tend to just feel like, oh well, it's not due for. So I just it ends up getting pushed aside. So that's kind of what happened with this piece. So I have to just kind of give myself more discipline on it to say, okay, no, this has to get completed. So. That's another one that that I have to continue working on. It's about maybe 70% of it is done. It's a it's a large order too. So that's like uh, yoke cuffs, moccasins, oh, yeah. purse, all that. So. And so you said you had done part of it. So what part did you do? Well, the already? yoke okay. is completed. Um, that was kind of like a Christmas order. Like I turned it into a Christmas order. Like I gave myself the deadline okay. to say, okay, this yoke needs, needs to be done and gone for before Christmas. So I met that. Um, the moccasins are all done, but... There was little things like I was in transition. It's so funny. That's another whole nother topic. But I was in transition of changing my style with the moccasins and things like that. So I'm I was looking at them the other day and I'm like, oh no, no, no. This is not how I do it now. So I kind of want to take it apart. I want to take oh, all okay. the beadwork off and then redo it to what I do now. So yeah, so they're those are all, like pretty much done, but I just want to change it up a little bit. And then I still have the other pieces to uh to complete. Um, and then I have to jump into grad orders. I still have. Um, How many I, do you have? I have two full sets. Uh, my daughter's is one mm-hmm. and her best friend is the second. Mm-hmm. I already have like the the whole scheme in my head is already there. My daughter's is already prepped. 
Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like half the battle. Which one are you going to finish first? Um, the one that you can just be like, oh, yeah, it's my daughter. So I don't have to finish the lining. <laughs> <laughs> no, I because that one's all prepped. Okay. I think I'm just going to go ahead and get that done because I that one I already have the, the entire concept in my head. Um, she had her colors and everything picked out since last year. So okay. and she's still picking. Likes yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still there. So um, that I can just go ahead with uh, the second set. I have the material and it's really not like I'm loving it. So it's kind of like it really, it's motivating too. So I'm like, okay, I already know what that I'm really doing. That really makes a difference. Oh, eh? When you like does. look at something like, oh my God, I'm just dying to do this. Yeah. So that's how I feel about the second one. Cause there's so many possibilities with it. So I'm like, oh yay. Like I can't wait. So, and then I have just a pair of moccasins, um, which oh. is not that, you know, for so me, you have it's two not. two grad orders and a moccasin order. Yeah. For June. So yeah, so we are mid-January, so I got to get going on that. Like, it seems like, okay, yeah, I got like five and a half months, but that... It creeps up fast. Yeah, really fast, especially when I'm still working on past stuff. So, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Here and there, I'll talk about this and I'll see what how you feel on that. But okay. I, maybe it goes into like the procrastination that we were talking oh, about yeah, before. So yeah. um, when I am doing large projects, mm-hmm. I... Part of me, yes, knows that they got to get done. They have a deadline. I need to work on it. So every waking minute should be on that. But I cannot, for the life of me, sit and work on one project forever. I don't know why, but it's I can't. So I, I kind of like lose that motivation sometimes because it's just like it becomes daunting no matter how much I love the project, no matter how inspired I was. Like sometimes I really just need that break. So in between, I usually will jump to another project that's mm-hmm. like that I really have no business doing, but I have to. Sometimes I just need that extra creative outlet just to get off of the daunting one that I'm doing. So from now till June, I will probably have a few other things <laughs> done that have nothing to do with my orders just because just because something's going to inspire me or I'll just need that break from the big orders, you know. So what are your thoughts on that and how do you or do you do that and how do you why do you do that? I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I also had an order one. OK, so I had a, a big order, a huge order that was. I think 2020, 2019, I think was, yeah, 2019, I had an order and I can talk about it because it's now over and done with and they've posted the pictures. And so I might post them too a little bit more, but I had a wedding order. So I had to do um, out, um, accessories for a, for the bride and for the groom. And uh, thankfully, the lady knew how to, the bride knew how to do moccasins and whatnot and just wanted the vamp. So I did that. So that was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had to do a breech cloth for the man and also, um, uh, cuffs. And then for the, for the bride, I also had to do a yoke and a pair of cuffs. So it wasn't a lot of, I mean, it was a lot of pieces, but it wasn't a lot of the same pieces. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately things, um, happened in their lives and with COVID and different things like that. Um, the wedding was not scheduled, did not happen on the day that they had scheduled. It was very unfortunate why those things didn't happen, how they did. However, for me, it was also unfortunate in the fact that I was like kind of set on that timeline. And mm-hmm. as soon, like you had talked about, as soon as I knew the gates were open, mm-hmm. I had no business to do anything I did between when I <laughs> when I gave it to them and when I got, when I was the floodgates were, I had no business doing anything in between. I really didn't. I did tons and tons of stuff in between, but I really fall in that same category that you do where 
if I have an open-ended timeline, it just gives me carte blanche to kind of do whatever it is that I need to do to keep myself sane. And I'm not to say that these projects don't are like holding me down or yeah. anything like that. <laughs> it's just that um, I think for me, what happens is that I have in my in my bot how it go how I feel when I'm do how this happens is I'll have a custom order. I'm all jazzed about it. I they tell me what the things they want. I'm all gone ho. I got the design done. Everything. Then you have to execute, like, you know, picking the colors and different things like that. And that's a process in itself. It could take months. It could take one day or it could take an hour. But you have to do that. And then you're, like, deciding, like, how it is your colors are going to match and all that kind of stuff and all that. And then you start. You're going, going, going. And then I reach a peak where I'm, like, I'm over this. Yeah. I'm, like, over it. Like, I'm already on to the and, – and, and that kind of goes back to why I said, like, when I'm done an order, I have to like give it to the person right away because I'm already like months on. ahead yeah. on something else. So I had this order and it took place um, this past sum this past summer and it ended up getting done. Mind you, I think it was, I don't know. I want to say maybe, I don't want to say a month before the wedding. I had to, in the end, make myself a timeline, like a deadline because it was just too much for me, but I was Oh, I loved how it looked. Like it was like mm -hmm. excellent and it, it was really good. And I was glad that I got it done. When I do side projects, it's like a big deal. And I'm very guilty of like saying, oh yeah, I like, I don't mind. Like, I'll take that order. I'll do that. I don't, mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of times I think it's um, when I'm in the midst of a big project, I don't take orders. I start, I just start making things for people. Like they know it's coming, but I just start like, being inspired to make things for free, which certainly doesn't help if you're like a struggling, not a struggling artist, if you're trying to be a successful artist. But yeah, I really fall into that trap of like, as soon as the windows open, I can be like, oh yeah, I'll do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And I suffer from procrastination. I like to be triggered into feeling the stress of a thing and want to get out of it by doing something else. And sometimes it's doing puzzles. If I have a project and then I'll start a thousand piece puzzle. I have no business doing a puzzle, mm -hmm. but I'll start it. Or I'm like, oh yeah, like today I got to clean under the basement, like clean under the stairs or let me like make tamales. Like I it takes it all day. <laughs> like I should be beating. So those are the things that happen to me. But um, I think in the end it works. Unfortunately, I really don't like that kind of stress, but that's how I function kind of. And with now 2022, I have, like I said, those two orders. That's it. Like, I'm not taking any orders. That's what I say now. And my intention <laughs> is not to, but I don't plan on taking any more orders because we had talked about on the last podcast with, with Abby that it really just like stops you from able to being creative, like mm -hmm. doing the things that you kind of want to do, which is good because, I mean, it's good that if you're stopping to take orders, then you can do what it is you want. But for me, when you take orders, you know it's like the money's there. It's so yeah. ridiculous. It's so hard. I mean, that's what it is being an artist. Like you, if it's your job, you want to make money. You know that's what you're a good a good way to make a good chunk of money. And I'm yeah. not gonna lie, like it's good. Yeah, it's a good money. But you're tied into that one project, like we had talked about yesterday. Yeah. You're tied into that one project, and you can't do anything else. And then you have this like thing, like, I don't want to say that beadwork and the projects are black clouds over you, 
But that it has a little it's, bit weight on you. Yeah, it's the obligation or the uh, responsibility of having to get it done all the time. And and sometimes you're just not there, but you know you ha- it has to be done, you know. So, but it's interesting that you're saying that because so sometimes I get a I get a vibe like you know on on Facebook or on social media things like that how sometimes it seems like people get frustrated that they're that people don't take orders anymore because it seems like if you really look like if you check out like a lot of people's like uh face uh like their social medias mm-hmm. and a lot of the bead workers <laughs> it's just not like taking orders. yeah disclaimers all over the place like not taking orders so i i found that interesting like and something maybe i can pose you know like that's a question that we can ask like how do people feel like that like if you are searching and you need something done how does it feel like, you know, to keep seeing those kind of things and then even discussing it from the beater's point of view and how it is? Because I had this discussion with uh, other people, too, before on how how it does feel taking orders, you know, like mm-hmm. the pressure of it, the responsibility of it, you know, things like that. So orders are not for everybody, you know, yeah. like I've been doing it for a long time now, like very long, like I had mentioned this last time. It's not anything to do, like you said, it's not about the order itself. It's, it's the, um, it's the feeling of like, I have to do it. (laughs) Like, and Mm -hmm. some days I don't want to do it, you know, but it has to get done. So it's the stress, it's the stress of it all. So like, even for me right now, I'm, I've been saying it, like, I'm not taking orders. I'm not, and I'm, and I'm really not taking any more orders. Like I'm kind of retiring myself from it all. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that I'm not going to be beating like I'm, you know, I will be. They're just not going to be specific to what people are looking for or what they want or need, you know, at the time. So, yeah, it's just interesting to hear. How do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about that? Like saying that out loud? Like, how does it make you feel? I'm like, yay! like, it feels like a pit in my stomach. Really? Like, yeah, like, oh, my God, because that's how I live. I mean, not live like in terms of like make money. But that's how I live. Like, that's how I've functioned as a beater. Yeah, for so long. For so yeah. long. That makes you feel like, oh, my God, am I going to be able to do it? Yeah. No, for me, it's kind of like I am excited to be able to have the freedom to do as I please a little bit. Um, and if I feel like taking an order, then, you know, yeah. then I will. Like, yeah. um, I don't think I want to tie myself down to huge orders. Like, hey, okay, if you hit me up and you need a medallion or you need moccasins, like, those are something I enjoy mm-hmm. doing. And they're they're a little quicker, you know. But I'm like the grad order stuff. I can't, I can't. It kind of started creating almost like, and not towards any of the people or anything, but it creates almost like a resentment after a while because I'm not, I don't want to do it. You know, that's kind of like how I started feeling like last year. I didn't kind of respect my own boundaries in a Mm. sense last year. And I think I took on too much and I felt it last year. I was just like, I felt really overwhelmed with all of it, which was a learning lesson for me. Uh Like, um, learning to say no or what you can really take on and also maybe documenting and remembering what <laughs> I'm saying yes and no to, you know, cause oh, yeah. sometimes you forget. Sometimes people hit you up like two years in advance and they're like, hey, you know, and you're oh. like, oh, my God, you know, like so stuff like that. Like it, and it does happen for me. I'm kind of like really just looking forward to the freedom of doing what I want when I want kind of thing. So, Yeah. And what about you? <laughs> so it's really interesting that you said about like not keeping track because I do keep track, but not this one time. So <laughs> what happened with this current order? And I'm going to talk about it because I talked to the person about I, like I shared what I was feeling and, and different things with the person who made the order. And we kind of laughed about it. And 
if I, you know, it's, it's funny and I'm not going to name names and all that kind of stuff. But so what was hilarious and was that, um, someone had made an order that I completely forgot about. I didn't write it down because I don't normally write it down, but then mm-hmm. I have it sometimes in my phone or whatever. But anyway, so, um, somebody approached me and wanted me to do this order and she approached me two years ago, mm-hmm. pre pandemic. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And like, you know, cause the child was only going to be graduating this year. So two years ago, cause at the time I was like two years out. Like, so if you wanted something for 2022, you had to order at least 20, like yeah. 2020. Yeah. Like that's how far in advance I was taking orders because I was really busy. So this person said, yeah, you know, I want I'm interested. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Whatever. We'll get back, touch, get back in touch with you. Like in a year or like when she's graduating, like, sorry, the beginning of the graduating year, which would be September, whatever, everything happened, blah, blah, blah. October comes maybe the end of September. I get an inbox like, Hey, so I'm just wondering about like the order, like what should we be doing and different things like that. And I, no lie wrote, all I wrote was, I think you have the wrong B-work, B-work artist. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, what is this? No, I don't think so. Was the reply. I'm like, yeah, um, I'm not taking orders. But like, you know, I had already said I wasn't taking orders aside from this other thing. They're like, she's like, no, I didn't make any other plans. And uh, yeah, you said you would. Not like in a malicious way. It was just like, you know, like, yeah, you know, you said you would and whatever. And I was just like, well, uh, I can't do it. Because at the time I said, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I had already said no to already orders for that year too. And so I was just like, nope, can't do it. And I talked to my husband like, oh my God, like this person thinks I'm supposed to do their order. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, it was me that was wrong. The person was right. I did say I would. And the funny thing is, is that like, you know, okay, I'm going to be saying this and I'm on the record. I'm a guilty watcher of reality television, <laughs> the Real Housewives of like everywhere. And they always say, you got your receipts. Yeah. <laughs> This lady, thank goodness, she had her receipts. When she wrote me, she wrote me in a social media platform that we didn't discuss the order. We had discussed it in a different social media platform. So when I was scrolling back to our conversation through that media, there was was nothing. So I was just like, yeah, right. No, she posted the picture of the screenshot of what I had said. Right then and there, I said, yeah, okay. Like, there's no way I wouldn't say yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to be truthful to my word. Like, when I say... I'm going to take your order or yeah, I'll make you a pair of moccasins. Yeah, I will. I don't know when I'm going to make you moccasins. <laughs> yeah. But if I say I'm going to take your order for a certain time, I'm going to be like, stand up and do that. Mm-hmm. So I did it and we had a good laugh about it. And she was just like, oh my God, you're not taking my order. <laughs> Whatever. So when we got together, we actually met face to face and she was like, ah, like we just laughed and different things. And I told her it was funny and like, and it's good. Like, you know, like I like this order. It's not like, you know, and it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm not going to take your order because whatever. Like, you know, it was just like, I wasn't taking orders period. But then in the end, I ended up taking it because like, I was just honoring my commitment. Mm-hmm. So that's the order I have. So when you say like, you should write them down people, this is a big tip. <laughs> if you are artists taking orders, write them down. Now, put it on a list, put it somewhere, somewhere. where you see it, put it on a board, put it put on it, your wall. Yeah. If you're taking orders, like, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, and I'm going to admit it to all those who are listening, who I've ever said, <laughs> I'll put your name on the list. I don't have a list. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a list. Or actually, I should say, for those who I'm really serious about and whatnot, I have their actual footprint. Mm-hmm. So I have people's footprints who like, you know, said like three years ago, maybe four years ago, like, can you make me a moccasins? Give me your footprint. I'll make one. 
eventually, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to make it even this, I don't want to say this decade, but yeah, you know, but like <laughs> I will make one. So, but yeah, like a tip. Okay. So here's like no jokes aside. And maybe this is some like good content for those who are like inspiring. I want to give two tips that I think relate to what we're just talking about now, taking orders. One, write down everything, details, colors, dates, when you want, when the person wants it, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think too, if you're taking a custom order, like get some little details about them. Like, you know, maybe if they want to say what their clan is, uh, things they're inspired by, different things like that, whatever. Second thing, and it doesn't matter if you are a newbie, it doesn't matter if you're seasoned, always take a deposit. Because what I found, and it didn't really bother me because I my husband like works, so we have a steady income in terms of that. But if you're planning on making an income, a steady income off of this, you should be getting paid. You should have money that ties you over until the end, till at least halfway point of that moccasin order or that beadwork order or whatnot. You shouldn't be just doing things for free and waiting for the payout to come at the end. You, if <laughs> like you, me? <laughs> yeah, like, like me too. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like, you know. But the last two orders that I did, I did take deposits. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone should feel confident. I mean, it's kind of hard. Like no one really knows kind of how much it will cost. And sometimes like for me, like I don't really necessarily know how much a, a project will cost in the end. But take a deposit in like, not to say like say half the, the amount, but whatever you think is able or whatever the person's able to give, even if it's like $100, like mm-hmm. at least you know that they're committed and you're committed because there's been like that transaction. So I think those are two big tips. I think just for like right now, people should, should uh, realize it doesn't matter what your level of B work is, is that if you're taking an order, write all information down, make sure you have a good copy of that. And two, always take a deposit yeah. because yeah. Cause you got to buy beads. Like what if you don't have the beads? You got to buy them. Stuff. And it's all out of pocket. And see, for me, I don't, I guess for the, the whole deposit thing, like on my, my end, I guess a little bit, I guess because like financially, yes, I'm not completely in dire straits sometimes, you know, so I'm kind of like, eh, like I don't need to. Sometimes, yes, I am. Like sometimes I'm like, oh man, like my rent's due. So I'm like, yeah, I need to get that, you know. For me, I find that my, the the payout is the motivation sometimes. Okay. You know, so, and I need that motivation sometimes, like, because then I feel like, I'm working for free if it's already all paid off because that money's gone. Oh, it's okay. all, it's already on bills. It's already it's on. It's it's somewhere already. So for me, I'm like, okay. And I I work on lump sums. That's I I find like it it sounds ridiculous. I don't know. I work more. on lump sums. So mean? when I finish a project, this is, I want the was full business plan. Yeah, works on lump sums. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if it's a good one or not. So maybe don't take my advice. But I. In my mind, if you're paying me like quarterly or if you're paying me like a hundred bucks a year, hundred bucks, it it feels like a drop in the bucket. Okay. So because, you know, unfortunately the, the time we live in, like a hundred bucks doesn't go that far anymore, yeah. you know, things like that. So it's like in the pocket, out of the pocket, like exactly. quick. Exactly. I, I, I could gas up my car and that it's gone. So for me, it's kind of like the motivation is to get, you know, if I'm making moccasins that are a couple of hundred bucks that's a motivation for me yeah. because okay i can spread that out all across a whole bunch of bills or a whole bunch of groceries or you know yeah. things like that so um for me it's different in that sense where i'm like i i want a big payout <laughs> i want a big lump sum like to use you know so i i i can't take the and i kind of feel like 
yeah, it's like... You kind of feel like what? Because there's something in there you want to say. I lose the motivation almost. Like, uh, I I enjoy beating, not not for the money, but the money is the payout in the end for me because it is my... uh, It's part of my... Um, my income it's part of my, my it's my job you know yeah. it's it's half of my job like I own my shop and all of that mm-hmm. that also makes you know that's my part of my income but the beadwork is the chunk of my Existence, my livelihood yeah, yeah so uh, for me it, it works better in, in that sense you know it's like okay well I got a big lump sum I can pay part of my visa or I can do that you know that for me that's how it works so yeah. it's different I guess for everybody though because some people need that security too in a sense like especially in the like when you're doing something custom when you're doing something that pertains to that person of course a lot of people will love it or they'll think it's beautiful but it may not be for them you know in that sense or it was based off of whatever you know so sometimes yeah with the personal things it is some sometimes a lot better to to have that security that okay well this person's um you know, like serious about this order or whatever. Have you ever had a fallout? I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> so, yeah, actually. I, oh, you did? Yeah, but not with, with beating because I, this kind of goes into my artistic part too, because I am, like I said, I am also an artist mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, so I do paint, I do drawings, I do things like that. I, my whole artist career, I guess, started more in paintings mm-hmm. and then it kind of merged in with, um, with the beadwork and then I just jumped right into beadwork and kind of left the the painting behind but when I was beading uh when I was painting more more I guess professionally I had I was taking orders and there was a really specific order and it was a really large painting that uh somebody had wanted and she set a price she said all this and I was very new at the time like mm-hmm. I, w- I didn't take any any whatever I didn't even really know the whole system on how I should price or how it whatever so yeah it was very personal her like very personal some of the things that she wanted in there and requested and then she did want beadwork incorporated she did or it. she did she did oh, okay so that was going to be added as well and for whatever reason, you know, I I understand that life changes for people like and they can't always commit sometimes, mm-hmm. which is hard on the artist, too. But sometimes you have to be understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what happened. She couldn't commit anymore to the full price of what we had discussed. So we we minimized it. But then I had to adjust what was in the painting mm-hmm. and how much detailing. And then I was like, well, maybe we can't do the beat like the beadwork yeah. and things like that. In the end. The whole thing fell through. She couldn't oh. even take it at all at any price. And she kind of let me know before the painting was even completed. Okay. In that case, now I was, you know, sitting on a really big painting, like a huge painting um, with very specific detailing, very, you know, and uh-huh. it, thankfully it was more of a general thing, though, a little bit like it was more of an outdoor garden scene type of thing. So it w- so I had a, a showing and I put it up for sale there and it sold, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that for me, that was like. The first time I had like more of a falling out in those kind of things. And, you know, and, and it happens. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes people can't commit. Like things do change. And, and and I can't say that it doesn't suck. Sometimes it really sucks when you're waiting and you're like, okay, I got that money coming in, you know, and and, and it doesn't, you uh-huh. know. So, but you, yeah, you sometimes you just, you got to be understanding and you got to kind of oh, yeah. let things I mean, like go if the person too, had you know? fell in hard times, you can't be like, well, exactly. give me my money for the yeah. painting. Like, yeah. That's the last thing the person needs is a painting hanging, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the way I looked at it and all that. And, you know, so that was it. And what about you? Have never. You, never? Oh, never. Well, that's good. <laughs> never. Never have I 
ever. No, <laughs> I've never had an incident like that where I've created something and the person didn't want it. Mm-hmm. But I sell at shows sometimes, like art shows, and sometimes people come in. They're like, "Oh my god, that's so beautiful! I want it." Blah blah blah. And they sell. I mean, at the show, you're selling yourself. You're selling your art. So you're you're investing time in talking to people and giving them tidbits of your story and different mm-hmm. things like that. And um, when they tell you sometimes that they're really interested, you believe them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to make a sale. It's going to be so great. And like, you're like, goodbye. <laughs> but yeah, because they seem like they're really interested and maybe they are, but then maybe like, it's like the flight of the wind. Like, you know, it's just like. It's I don't pretty. Be- it's something they like. But yeah. And yeah. then they say, yeah, I'm going to go and whatever. And then they come back and then they're there back and forth. Cause that's what it is. Like if, Somebody really likes a piece and they're at this, like, say, art show, let's say Santa Fe or the Herd or wherever. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for things to buy. And they're going, like, most people, I don't want to say most people are going there just to look. But some people, like, some people with lots of money go and they buy things, mm-hmm. like, at these shows and whatnot. They'll come and they'll, t- you'll invest your time. They invest their time in you, blah, blah, blah. They go off and then they come back and they go, because it's like a big, sometimes it's a big purchase. Sometimes it's not a big purchase, but. They come back and they go back and you're like, oh my God, this person. Then I was telling my husband, he was there like, this person's going to buy it. I can't wait. It's going to be like a sale. It's going to be excellent. <laughs> then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh. And I really, for the first time, and it, I'm not trying to sound anyway, but I'll admit that the f- last show I went to was the Herd Museum 2020 and I didn't sell a thing. I did not sell one thing mm-hmm. at that show. Now, I was gutted, I'll admit, because you spend not even the time for the beadwork, like that's okay, but you spend the money to go and the Mm -hmm. herd is in Phoenix, Arizona. So you're like, you're buying your ticket, you're playing like a place to stay, all of the stuff that you need to, when you're there, all that stuff, and you don't sell anything. I was like, I was gutted. I was gutted, gutted, gutted. (laughs) Now, thankfully, a lot of things were online. Like in terms of like the Santa Fe India market 2020 was online. I posted those same items and everything except for one thing didn't sell. I mean, sorry, one one thing didn't sell, everything else sold. So mm-hmm. that was okay. But in the moment when you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a good payout. Like I put all this effort into coming here. And then in the end, it was like, yeah, I put all this effort into B-Work, but it was actually going there because I probably could have just sold anywhere mm-hmm. if i put it on facebook or instagram or anything that so that's the only time i've actually had a situation like that but i had already invested like mega bucks yeah to the whole trip but um, i'm in the end like i went to see my fam my family is from out there and so i got to see them and then i also like when i had a vacation my husband before like the like we were on our way and like people were saying stay home you know yeah. like that kind of thing so <laughs> yeah so, yeah, so that's the only time I've ever experienced it. But it's a gutting, like, it's a gutting thing. Like, it really, like, it was a huge ego blow. I mean, okay, so. It is, yeah, yeah. Before we were talking about ego, but, like, when you go and you've won, and I won when I was there, mm-hmm. but when you go and you win and you don't sell anything, it's like. You're like, what's going what on here? What is going on yeah. here? So, yeah. Yeah, that kind of goes into this, uh, the question that we have on uh we have a nice little list of uh, things to kind of go over, but your successes and failures. And I think that's important to bring up too, especially for new beaters, mm-hmm. um, even older beaters sometimes, because it's new avenues. Like I'm an older beater, but I've, I haven't really gone to shows. I haven't done those kind of things. I've 
I want it to, but I just don't get there. And part of it is because I'm always <laughs> like locked into orders that I don't have anything ready for shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we had mentioned our last um, podcast, but yeah. So it's kind of like looking at that, like the the successes and the failures of beadwork too. And like, and knowing that, you know what, it's not be all end all type of thing too. Yeah. Like when you're going through it, it's, it's kind of like you kind of see where you need to, improve or where things need to change or where or just it's just the way it is sometimes you know like seasoned beaters like new beaters everybody kind of goes through those you know ups and downs rough patches and and it's funny too it's kind of like i was looking at how like selling times how sometimes you see things being sold on on um facebook or whatever and sometimes things go right away oh okay and then sometimes you see people reposting Mm. So it's it's funny how sometimes there's a market like time for when people are like, OK, I, I want to mm-hmm. get beadwork. I want to buy it. And then sometimes it doesn't happen. Like mm-hmm. and even that, too, it's trying to take it not personally, not that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. my stuff's no good or, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. Because I, you know, I think a lot of people kind of feel that sometimes like where if I put my beadwork on uh, Facebook or wherever and it doesn't sell right away, then it, it sometimes it is an ego blow. Like, oh, my God, nobody likes it. Nobody wants uh-huh. it. Like there's an insecurity sometimes yeah. how you perceive your work or, you know, like or how you think people perceive you yes, as a ex- bead worker. Yeah. So yeah. those are interesting things, too. You know, how people feel about um, just selling their stuff or promoting their stuff or showing mm-hmm. their things and how how sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah. for everybody, you know, across the board. So. That's uh, pretty interesting to kind of look at too, you know. So. What do you think is your biggest success if we're talking about that? My biggest success. So one of my most favorite pieces that I had that kind of got a really a lot of, um, I guess, promotion or whatever was uh, a bear painting that I did years ago now, like a long time ago. That painting was, it was a bear. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a small little painting. It wasn't even that big. Um, so I painted it all, but the bear itself had, uh, it was all beaded. Mm-hmm. So all the pieces inside were beaded. And I did different little things like culturally, I wanted okay. to have it more representations of our culture. So there was um, all our clans, like our... What clan are you? I'm bear. Okay. So of course, that was the first and foremost, you know, <laughs> so that was the outline. Um, but I had snipe. Uh, turtle, wolf, they were all in there. That's, you know, mm-hmm. two Gahnawage. Um, so those were in there. I had tobacco. I had our hummingbirds, you know, like everyone in town, like loves those, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's something natural that we always see. There were strawberries, there was different medicines. So there was a lot of different things. I guess it's just my art form. I like things being like on the borderline of being busy, like overly okay. busy. Like there's like, when you cross that threshold and you're like, okay, this is like way too much, like it's a hot mess or like just before that, that's kind yeah. of like where I like to kind of, uh, you know, live. live. Yeah. So I like things to be full. I like a lot of stuff in my, uh, my art, my beading and whatnot. So that was the the idea. I wanted the bear kind of almost full in there. Mm-hmm. So when I did that piece, I loved it. You know, I, I had it hanging around and I wanted to submit it into different shows. So I had put it into the... Um, That's actually this place you put it in? Yes. Is the first place I think we actually met, maybe. Yeah, because you... And yeah. it was kind of awkward, though, because we were both from Gunawagi, and we both had this showing at the um, Iroquois the, um, Museum in Brantford, um, in, well, in Six Nations yeah. in Brantford at the uh, Woodland Cultural Center. 
And you were there that night. And yeah. I was there with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, hi. They're like, hello. And that hi. was it. Yeah. We didn't even talk. We didn't know each other really, right? Yeah, and no, so, yeah. not at all. So that was my that was my first showing for that. Or actually, no, I shouldn't say that because I've had uh, shows here in yeah. town. I had maybe two or three with artwork mm-hmm. at the cultural center. Um, but I wanted to do something outside of the community mm-hmm. to see, you know. So I had submitted my piece there and then it was accepted. So I had a, a few pieces actually in there. Um, but that one got the most buzz, that piece itself. Like they even use it as their flyer. They use oh, it as really? their uh, their so promotion, nice. you know, on their um, all of their stuff. So, yeah. So it was pretty um, exciting, like to have such a, a good, you know, feedback on it. That bear was also used in Toronto. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I was inboxed years ago from a healing center in uh, Toronto that they used it for their promotion piece and they had posters made of it and they put it all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so it was all over Toronto too. So yeah, so that was uh, probably one of my most successful pieces. I eventually sold it because <laughs> uh, for me, I, my mother always jokes and says I'm heartless, but I don't have sentimental value to things. <laughs> I don't, you're not, no. you don't acquire knickknacks? No. Oh my God, that's my life. But. No, not at all. Like there's certain, there's, I did change a little bit and I'll go into that in a bit, but for the most part, I, I love it. I love it, but I don't know. It's just another piece. It's kind of like taking up space. Like that's how I view it. I actually really enjoy when somebody buys it or obviously, yes, when it's nice to sell it, but when I know that they love the piece, that it has some kind of a meaning to them, that it becomes a display or a really, you know, they love it. So to me, that's where I get my joy out of it, you know. So um, that piece was purchased in Gahanawage, so it's it's locally owned. Um, so it's nice. It's nice to know that somebody has it and it means something to them, mm-hmm. you know. And I know what it looks like. I made it. So it's kind of like <laughs> the sentiment to me is in the memory of it. It's yeah. not in the actual piece. like. Yeah. I know what it, I know what it is, you know, (laughs) but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I kind of work with some of those things too, you know, like, yeah. So that's, that's kind of one of my big successes, I guess. Yeah. My success doesn't, what I think of a success, it has nothing to do with the selling or anything about that. I think, um, I have two big successes. The first one is that when I see people wearing things that I make. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Because I always talk about like how utilitarian the pieces are, like it's functional art. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a wearable art, really. People should be wearing things, mm-hmm. you know. People, I mean, it's an investment. Like sometimes it could be hundreds of, do- hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars. Some of the things, and some things are just things like, are like, like just to look at. Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's Mohawk for like, just things like museum, like to look pieces, at. Pieces, yeah. And some things, a lot of things I make that are like wearable pieces. And so I love it to see people wearing them. And when I tell people, I was like, wear it in your house. Like if you're like, this is something that maybe you can, you might know of too, but a lot of times people buy these things for when they die. Yeah. And they just have them or they have them sitting somewhere or whatever. I mean, and it's one thing to be like buying something for yourself. And there's one thing to buy things that are just beautiful things and you want to keep them in a cabinet. That's cool. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think. To honor yourself would be to wear them. Yeah. And I have experience with this when I've made different pieces for people who have passed away. And there's no marking on the soul. It's like there's, yes, it's made with the intention to make sure that these people have nice things. 
But it's sad to see that those people have not lived and walked in this. Like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. and they have other things they've lived and walked in. And that's, 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 that's how it is. But I tell people, like, if you buy something, just even wear it around your house. Like, yes, give it life. Give it life. Like, yeah. you know, enjoy it. Like, if you're buying, if you're spending the time or if, you, if somebody took the time to make this for you, then enjoy what it is they made. For you, if you wanted and commissioned a piece, enjoy it. Like, that's a thing. Like, people wear $1,000 shoes that are made in, like, China or different things. And that's okay. But this is something somebody handmade for you. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, I for me, that's what it is. I mean, that's my personal take on it. I think people should be wearing it as much as they can if it if it drives them. But, like, wear at least wear your moccasins. Please, please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree because I'm I'm more of a, a functional artist myself. Yeah. I like to make whimsies and those kind of things just because for me, those are like quick, nice, uh, creative outlets um, <laughs> that end up just getting hung up, though. But interviewing and all yeah. that, I, I like the whole moccasins. I like the clothing. I like doing um, things like that. Even that I've I've done a vase in the past and uh, some people were kind of like, well, it's a beautiful showpiece. Like you just put I'm like, I would put my pens in it, <laughs> like, you know, like I want it to be used and 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 to each their own. Those not everybody is, you know, um, going to use it in the way that I've intended. And that's totally fine, too. But I, I'm the same. Like if I'm going to make something, it's kind of like I want it to have a life mm -hmm. because I also feel sometimes that it's sad to have things that are just tucked away sometimes i guess or they're not like waiting yeah for that yeah, time like there's no life yeah. the life isn't there with them so it, it's funny i don't know it's it's i understand yeah. your perspective on yeah. it and all that because yeah sometimes i feel the same on it but to each their own because like i just bought a hutch you know oh yeah for your stuff <laughs> for a viewing purposes too because that's this was the backstory on it like how my mother says i'm heartless sometimes with not uh not keeping things or having a sentiment but Somebody had made a comment to me before and it kind of, uh, it, it stuck with me a little bit because I don't, for the most part, I don't really keep things, mm -hmm. um, even beat it things like, and it's kind of that whole thing about how, uh, what is the, the saying? Like a the carpenter, cobbler, yeah, the cobbler carpenter. has no shoes. Exactly. So it's the same with beaters or for me anyways, like I don't have a pair of my own moccasins that I've made for myself. My daughter do doesn't, I. you know, like my son does, but, but that's because he, he graduated. So it was for something specific. I have those kind of things sitting in in my hutch and all of that but the idea was i give everything away most of the time mm -hmm. or i sell everything that i've done so uh somebody had said like well what about one day when you're gone what are your children gonna have from you and i was like oh yeah like <laughs> maybe memories yeah <laughs> like in a sense though yeah, like because for me it's it's not anything about the um the item itself, it's my memories, but hey, I'm taking those when I leave. So, you know, I I was kind of like, I don't know how they would feel one day. Like, yeah, my mother was a bead worker and I got nothing, <laughs> you know. So there are a few pieces that I've made that I've kept. And one day, you know, if, if when I bow out, then, you know, they're welcome to it. So mm -hmm. at least they'll have something. And, you know, instead of like the whole confederacy or the whole community having something, yeah, <laughs> and my own kids awesome. don't. So for me, I, I, I started kind of taking little things and keeping them and, you know, stuff like that. But my hutch only holds so much and I'm pretty much going to stop once it gets full. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's about it for me. You know, it's interesting you say that about your vase. And I know we're coming up to time, but I have a vase, too. And I'm just like, God, when is this going to sell? Like one, like when is it going to sell? But two, mm -hmm. it's like I don't want that in my house. Like I am not like 
I am not a woman who has beautiful things sitting out, like fine works of art or different things mm-hmm. like that. Like I don't have that kind of stuff and I don't have like a place to showcase it. And it's not, it doesn't really jive with my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's nice. The piece is nice, but it's not like. It's not for you. It's it not. wasn't intended. Yeah. It was. It, and I think that's one of the things maybe we could talk about later on at another podcast is just like when you're working for thing, when you're working on projects that are meant to sell to anyone like general and then custom order. Maybe it's something we could talk about, maybe pose that question too, like the feelings behind it. Cause I have some different feelings about things that I make custom and things that I'm just like trying to make money yeah, off. And, like, I think we're like opposite general. kind yeah. of how we uh, view it. Yeah. Just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for um, maybe inspiration from either the Gorhyaku or I, you can check out my Instagram, which is Leith Makiwa. That's where you can reach me on Instagram. On Instagram. And mine is TS Beating, also on Instagram. Uh, most of my content is in that page. So you can find everything there for all your questions or anything else. Uh, we do have a page for uh, the beating table. So you it's can. It's all one word. Yeah. Instagram. So anything questions. with the podcast or the show, it's better to kind of, I guess, jump that page yeah the beating uh, table so that way but we both can see it yeah i enjoy i hope everybody else enjoys the time that we're uh you know that we're out here and we kind of want to include others in a lot of what we're doing too so you know if if you're out there if you're listening <laughs> feel free to stop in at our you know instagram and give us some questions or if there's anything that you've heard um that we were talking about that you agree with don't just dis- you know disagree with or mm-hmm. you have your own views on it like for sure, like hit us up, like uh, share on the thing, because it's always nice to hear the dialogue, like hear what other people have to say. And that's kind of my parting words for uh, for today's um, topic. I know we didn't get to all of the juicy, oh, but yeah, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of yeah. juicy topics coming up. And it's kind of like this is our, our first official with just me and, and Leith in the, the studio. We're just kind of like, you know, feeling our way through all of this and trying to uh, keep dialogue, too, because it's not yeah. always easy. So I think um, what to expect in some of the next shows is we'd like to hit into some of those real juicy topics, but maybe yeah. not right off the bat and trying yeah. to kind of like keep some you know, some tricks up our sleeve for some of the uh, podcasts to come. So, but I think like in terms of the format, like you'll, you'll notice the listeners will notice that um, we kind of start on a topic and we go somewhere else and then we come <laughs> yeah. up, come back and different things like that. I, th- I think that's just how organically, how we like interact. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's going to be fun. And I think I'll maybe like just agree with the sentiment in terms of like people can go to the Instagram, the beating table and help us add some content by like posing questions, different things, thoughts about maybe what you've heard today on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Or I think maybe a good idea would be like, maybe if we have a future topic, maybe we'll post a question about that specific topic or people like have um, different things they want to say about it or suggestions or different things. And then we can like, you know, maybe refer to it in our podcast or mm-hmm. well, like that. Even that, like I was thinking, because like you said, we did touch on pricing or tips and things like that uh we didn't go really into depth on some of them and there were a lot of really good questions that we had seen on the uh instagram you know like for example like that the pricing how do you you know more in depth like how do you break it down what are you know charge by the hour yeah those kind of things so those are other questions said does it change depending on who's ordering that is something different too and but that's for another topic yeah exactly and juicy but yeah, I think we will wrap it up for today and yeah, go. Yeah, everybody, and what's set at the B table stays at the B table. <laughs>
The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees.